0: Bridge Toll California customer service number Highway miles to the gallon Ford Focus Thailand Cave rescue operation What is schema F Best wine bars in San Carlos California Best Western Hotels How old is Ronaldo What happened with Big Brother What's good? engagement How long gift? before a wedding should I send How many out save the dates are in the first series Use IMAP the to check mail on other email clients Identify That's fonts from Where them. to and find the raw Welcome to the Today, we're going to talk a little bit about SEO and analytics. Joining us is Justin Seibert, who is the president of Direct Online Marketing, which is one of Google's top 3% premier partners globally and a HubSpot Diamond Solutions partner that's helped companies grow confidently since 2006. Direct Online Marketing, also known as DOM, has SEO, PPC, social media, CRO, web design, and marketing analytics services that have helped companies around the world sell into over 150 countries. Yesterday, Justin and I talked about about goal setting for SEO. And today we're going to continue the conversation talking about why custom GA4 implementation is a must. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health backlinks and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. So check out hrefs Webmaster Tools at Ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. All right, here's the second part of my conversation with Justin Seibert, the president of Direct Online Marketing. Justin, welcome back to the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks, Ben. Excited to have you back on the show and continue our conversation. Yesterday, we talked about goals. How do you work with your clients and make sure that everybody is aligned on what needs to be achieved? And one of the things that we've seen evolving over the years is figuring out how you track to those goals. Specifically, we all kind of lean on Google Analytics to understand what's happening with our websites. Talk to me a little bit about Google Analytics 4. What is GA4 and why is it such a must these days for marketers?
1: Yeah. uh, Hot button issue for us right now. So Google introduced the fourth version of analytics. So for about a decade, everybody was happy. Life was good, even though Google would make some changes. We're all using their current version of Google Analytics, referred to as Universal Analytics. So if you hear things like UA or Universal Analytics or even GA3, people are talking about the Google Analytics we've all been used to for a long time. Google then, about two years ago, introduced GA4. And so they built this as an opportunity for big companies to get a lot more out of their data. So it's a lot more flexible, it's a lot more powerful, but doesn't come out of the box really nicely. And the big challenge is that Google has decided, they originally made the deadline last year, they switched to July 1 of this year. The original UA version of Google Analytics is going away July 1. So whether you like it or not, you need to be in GA4. So it's a question of how can you build a measurement strategy around getting this set up and implemented and actually get better data and better insights.
0: So talk to me a little bit about the migration. I have Universal Analytics GA3 on all of our podcast websites. We use it to track, you know, who's coming to our website, what channels they're from. And we've got some custom events. When people get to a specific page or they get to a, Form completion, we have events related to that. Do I have to do a big transition here? What's the migration look
1: like? Yeah, really good question. So there are actually some tools, Google Analytics itself has a tool that allow you to migrate some data over. And if you have a really simple website and you don't have a lot that you're tracking, that's probably good enough for you to get data that you're looking at. If it is a more complex website, if there are a lot of things that you like to measure, if data is really important to your organization, a lot of people are looking at it, and you're in there trying to figure out insights, doing that kind of migration isn't going to give you the data that you're looking for most likely. So we'll talk about what some of the things are that you can do here. I'll also point out that for people like me that are sometimes visual learners, um, we do have a resources section on our website that includes a checklist that you can just download and look through, and it'll actually give you a lot of tips that if you're doing that migration on your own, it'll give you some pitfalls to avoid and kind of step-by-step things to do.
0: So... What are the differences between GA3 and GA4 in relation to how Google is tracking and analyzing data? Is there any difference in the actual metrics that are reported? Yeah,
1: awesome question. So yes, there is. They are actually tracking data in different ways, like hits versus sessions. So trying to compare the two isn't gonna be perfect spot on. And that's why what Google was recommending was they really wanted everybody in by July 1 of last year. So you have a full year of data to compare the two sets side by side. With that, it's not really comparing apples to chainsaws. It's not that drastic, but it's not comparing apples to apples either. Or at best, it's comparing like Macintoshes to Granny Smiths. So it's really understanding the difference. I'll give you one big example. Bounce rates. Bounce rates. Everybody talks about bounce rates. If you're going talking to somebody that doesn't know anything about marketing, but other than just they've seen a report before, they probably know what bounce rates are. When they originally came out with GA4, they completely got rid of bounce rates because they collect the data in a different way. And what they've replaced it with are engagement rates that we think actually tell a better story and are more useful for marketers moving forward. Now, enough people squealed that Google kind of backtracked a little bit. So now GA4 does have a different version of bounce rate that it's tracking. But again, we think that once you get used to the data and understand what it's telling you, you'll prefer the engagement rate. But there's no doubt this is going to be an education process, especially if you are not that, I'm a nerd, uh, you're not that analytics nerd that's in there really trying to dive into the data and understand, you're somebody that's getting data presented to them. It's going to take some education piece to be able to learn that
0: That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. So what happens if you don't make a migration? If you just leave your universal analytics implementation done and you wait till after July 1st and all of a sudden, boom, GA4 is the standard. Are you not going to collect data? Are you just going to have different reporting? What happens? Yeah, great question. You won't get any new data. Why do you think Google is making everyone go back into their infrastructure and changing to Google Analytics 4 as opposed to just updating what's already been implemented?
1: It's a really good question. I'll give you an official answer and then I'll give you kind of... Unofficial answers. So because this collects data in a different way that's ultimately going to be more powerful and Google designed this with really, really huge corporations, multi-install sites in mind. They weren't designed for the little guy. It's a completely separate system. And so Google for a while was running both of them side by side. I mean, for a pretty long time, about two years they've been running it. But that's a tremendous drain on their resources and the engineering they need and everything is part of that. So they really did have to put a line in the sand for when they needed to stop supporting the old version, the UA version is part of this. So that's the reason that, because it's really a brand new system, it's collecting data in a different way, That's why that's happening and you have to switch over. Now, why did Google actually do this? Part of it, again, is to give more power to users that they can actually see it. Part of it is the fact that Google has some really serious concerns about privacy. And some of that might be altruistic. Some of that might be due to government standards that they... The
0: Department of Justice suing them for being a monopoly. For example,
1: right? Yeah. All those things. So they've been building this as they've been talking... For a long time, and if you've been out to like Google Ads conferences or anything like that, they've been talking about this cookieless world for a long time, and they've been talking about the importance of first-party data. Again, I think it's a marriage of things that are good for the user or for the for the company. Ultimately, can be good for the consumer, the person's visiting the website, and certainly will be good for Google and some of what their concerns are. You know, they're building this walled garden. They're concerned about Apple no longer sharing their data, Facebook no longer sharing their data, so. What's the data that Google can track or that you can track as a first party as part of it? So I think all those things are happening all at the same time. And then Google just said, this is our solution and get with the program.
0: So last question I have for you. Apparently, I need to go back through 15 different websites and swap out my GA3 code for GA4 code. What a pain in the neck for businesses that are running multiple different websites that are more complex, that have hundreds of events and all sorts of complex tracking. What's the way to actually implement the migration with the least amount of pain? Do you have to outsource this? Is it just swapping out codes in your header? Walk me through what the implementation looked like.
1: Yeah. So number one, I would take a step back and say, am I really completely, I'm going to have pain with this regardless. I'm going to have to put work into it. So am I completely happy with the data that I'm getting right now? Or is there more that I'd be interested in? Because Google's going to give you more data with this. They're giving predictive audiences. I mean, there's a lot of things that you didn't get before that now might open your eyes to some new things that you can do. So we think it's really important to take a step back and think of this not just as a GA4 implementation or migration, but really thinking about it as what's my total measurement strategy of what I'm doing. Now, to answer your question more directly, we think there's a few parts of it. Is Number one, making sure we're on the same page of what's everything we want to measure. Because again, doesn't come out of the box really nicely. It's not going to pick everything up. And so until you set up events, you're not going to be able to collect that data. It doesn't go back retroactively. So understand what your measurement strategy, what are those measurement plan? I would actually have it in like some sort of Excel document. So you're aligned. Everybody's on the same page. Once you understand that, then you're building out a tag implementation plan. We'd strongly recommend doing this through GTM whenever possible, Google Tag Manager. And then once... That's built out. Then you actually get to the fun work part of it to implement the tag so that you can start pulling this data. So, that's all of it to get it done. Then, one final thing, if I haven't caused you enough stress already, is you aren't going to be used in the beginning to the GA4 interface. So, you might want to think about how you can set that data up into a third party source like a Google Looker Studio. Until recently, it used to be called Google Data Studio. It's the same thing, same product. But pulling that data in there, we can also pull in third parties and then really take a look at data in a much more visual, more powerful
0: way. Sad news, SEOs, it used to be easy. You used to just drop, drop, be able to drop Google Analytics into your head tag. We're going to have to go back to the drawing board. We're going to have to implement new tags, new metrics, but maybe... There's a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. And that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Justin Seibert, the president of Direct Online Marketing. Join us again tomorrow when Justin and I wrap up our conversation talking about making SEO work for PR and comms. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Justin, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter. His handle is domjbs, that's D-O-M-J-B-S. Or you could visit his company's website, which is directom.com, D-I-R-E-C. T-O-M.com. And when you go to directom.com, make sure that you check out the resources section. They've got plenty of tips for how you can use GA4 more efficiently. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is Voices of Search on Twitter. And my personal handle is Ben J. -J Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during a work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed in the next business day. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, remember, the answers are always in the data.